Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Thank you very, 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 very much. Thank you very, very much. Hey, uh, just place your hand on the shoulder of the person beside you, and uh, we're just going to pray. That's it. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together. Lord, we thank you for this moment of community with you and community together. Lord, we just uh, bless your holy name. And Lord, I just ask that each person here would be led into a moment of encounter with you. Lord, today, tomorrow, the next day, and forever in for the rest of their lives, Lord. Lord, lead them into this place of encounter. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen and amen. High five each other and go for it. We've done it. Fantastic. How are we doing? Praise God. If you've got your Bibles with you, open them up to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, and we're going to read from verse 36. This is probably a familiar story to you, but we're just going to press into it and massage it a little bit. So Luke chapter 7, have you got it? Luke chapter 7, I gave you a head start. Luke chapter 7, all right. 36 to 50, 36 to 50. And it says this, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went down to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. Some translations say that he sat down to meet. Who enjoys meat? Yeah. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner... When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, so this is an inward thought. He spoke to himself. This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who, touch, who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Don't you love it? This was an inward thought. And Jesus answered out loud his inward thought. Can you imagine if Jesus answered out loud your every inward thought? Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. Do you think if he'd have known what was going to come out of Jesus' mouth, he would have gone, yeah, go for it. No worries. Because Simon had already ascertained or decided within himself that Jesus was not a prophet. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to pay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you've rightly judged. He got a gold star. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? 
I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, go. Oh, wow. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What an amazing story. We're going to dive into this, but I want to <coughs> tell you why we're diving into this scripture in this, in this moment. We have uh, been talking about encountering Jesus. Amen? We've been talking about um, not just having a belief in Jesus, but equally encountering the very person of Jesus through the power of his spirit that is alive in our life. And last week I commented that if you don't believe God is talking to you, well then all you need to do is open his word and he'll begin to speak to you. Amen? And, uh, and what the Lord does is that through his word, his word becomes life to us. It becomes bread to us. And as we uh, step into the encounter of the word, we step into an encounter with him. That's the power of the word. And if we step into the encounter of this story, I want to ask, your, ask you and for you to ask yourself, who do you identify with in this story? Perhaps you identify with an observer, somebody else in the room that the Bible doesn't talk about. Somebody else who has been invited to the Pharisee named Simon's house. You see, you've got to understand that to be invited to a Pharisee's house, you generally have to believe what a Pharisee believes. Well, what does a Pharisee believe? The Pharisees were known to believe that, uh, um, that, there, was, that, that there was the uh, resurrection from the dead. That was the primary, the primary thing that they believed. But they, they also believed religious notions uh, according to the law that had been given to uh, Moses. And that law stated that if I touched anything unclean, then I too would be unclean. If I touched anything, uh, if anything that touched me that was unclean, then I would become unclean and I would need to go through the ceremonial process of becoming clean again. So if you're an observer in this room and in the space of sitting down to meet with Simon the Pharisee, then we would have to understand that he would have considered you clean. Ceremonially clean. He would also, you, you would also be considered as one who believed in the resurrection of the dead. Okay? So ask yourself, do you see yourself in a, as an observer in the room? Do you see yourself as aligning yourself with the religious notions of a Pharisee named Simon? Maybe, maybe you might see yourself as the woman. There must have been other women in the room because traditionally in that culture that the women would be serving the food and it would have served. And the Pharisee 
typically would be quite well off, quite well taken care of. And perhaps the Pharisee has invited Jesus because he may have wanted to find out whether Jesus was legitimate, whether Jesus, he may have wanted to um, invite Jesus in to lunch uh, because, you know, he wanted to get to know Jesus. Maybe he wanted to invite Jesus in to prove that Jesus was not like the Pharisees, was not holy or religious or devout like the Pharisees. And here in this moment, we see a woman who has, who has come in. What was she doing there? We're going to come back to her in just a moment. Maybe you see, you see yourself as Simon the Pharisee and, and there's parts of your life that you go, oh, they're a bit restrictive or I'm a bit set in my religious ways or, or maybe I need to invite Jesus to speak into my heart. Because Jesus knows our thoughts, right? Hello? Just like he knew Simon's thoughts. Maybe you see yourself... As a neighbour, <laughs> what's going on in there? What's all the commotion? What's Simon the Pharisee up to now? Who's he invited over? And you're curious as to see what's happening. No matter who you are and no matter who you identify yourself as in this story, or identify with. The truth is this, there is an invitation for every single person to encounter Jesus. And in that encounter, you find two things. You find out who he truly is, and you find out who you truly are. Now, that could be a scary thing, couldn't it? Isn't it? If we're really honest with ourselves and we start to go, well, Lord, you know, I'm not so sure about that. You know, I, you know I'd rather hide behind a few masks or I'd f hide behind a few roles or whatever it might be. But you see, you have to understand that an encounter with Jesus releases you from all of that junk and helps you move and step into a place of where religiousness falls away, restriction falls away, death falls falls away and he invites you into an encounter with truth, the word and life. Are you ready to dive into this scripture? If you're the first to arrive at this building, then often you will see these little cards To me, they're a bit of a nuisance because every time you open, which generally I'm often, you know, the, you know, the first to open doors and things like that. Generally, when you open external doors, then these little cards fall to the ground. And you have to bend over, pick it up, and eventually you put it in the bin. But every now and then, if there's no handy bin, then where does it go? <laughs> In the pocket, right? And then eventually, you know, throughout the day, I might put my hand in my pocket and... Oh, I thought it was a $5 note. No, it's not. It's the Guardian Security Group. Now, why do we have these? We have these... Because in the middle of the night, there's a security patrol that comes through uh, um, this area and throughout these buildings and checks on every single external door. And that security guard I've never met, I've never seen, I don't know who they are, but I know where they've been. 
I know that they're doing their job. Rain, hail or shine. I know that they're doing their job because when I come to open that door and I see that little card in the door, I go, I don't know who it is. I don't know his or her name, but I know they've been here. And when that door opens, if, I don't, if I'm not quick enough to grab it, it falls to the ground. And my life changes course from where I wanted it to go. I have to stop, pick this up, and I carry this with me until I do what I should be doing with it and putting it in the bin. Friends, an encounter with Jesus is this moment of where your life stops, changes course, is carried with you. And of course, we don't discard an encounter with Jesus. But you know what it does? It actually points others in that direction as well. That security group, the security guard has been through, left their mark, and has created a signpost for me. When you encounter Jesus, you are created as a signpost for others. Because you can't help. You can't help but point others in the direction of Jesus when you've experienced him. Let's read in this story what this woman has done for us as a signpost. In verse 37, it says, A woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. Where it calls her a sinner, we have to understand that it's a certain woman. And, we, and, and when the Bible um, uh, indicates this, it's because she was known to people. Now, what was she known to people for? She was known to uh, be a woman of loose moral. There is an acceptance that this woman potentially was a prostitute. This woman who was in the community, who was known by everybody else, and if you uh, open your Bibles and you start to study the stories throughout all the chapters of the Gospels, then some theologians have, um, uh, I, I believe, probably wrongly drawn the conclusion that this is, um, uh, this is Mary of Bethany or Mary, uh, Mary Magdalene. And there's some theologians, I'm not going to settle on who she was, uh, whether she was Mary of Bethany, of Mary Magdalene or not. But in the book of Luke, Luke does not actually specify who this woman is. She was certainly not Mary, Martha's sister, because... What was she doing at a Pharisee's house when she would have been at Lazarus's house, a close and personal friend of Jesus? Mary Magdalene was the one whom Jesus had delivered seven demons from. Well, Luke, if he wanted to identify her as that person, probably would have, but he didn't. And I always fall, fell into the trap that, you know, the, the woman with the alabaster jar was the, same women, was the same woman who's named Mary or the same Mary Magdalene who uh, anointed Jesus um, uh, with fragrant oil just before his burial. But this, in Luke chapter 7, was not before Jesus' burial or crucifixion. So we have to understand that here we, we start to talk about the potential, the reality that is that there's three Marys that we're talking about. We're, uh, today we're going to talk about the Mary in Luke chapter 7. Mary, who we can assume because of the original transcript, 
that we can assume that she was a prostitute. There's no mention of her beforehand, and generally there's no mention of her afterwards. But in Luke, it says, Behold a woman in the city who was a sinner. What was a prostitute doing in a Pharisee's house? Now, we have to understand something. You know, we're not talking about a Pharisee who sat up at a table with some nice chairs, who with nice linen cloth and, uh, you know, silver service. You know, there was not little people on trolleys bringing out the main meal. We have to understand here that, you know, the Pharisee, when they sat down, it was a table that was maybe only so high off the ground and, uh, and it would have been set or set very soon after and uh, then um, the women of the house or the servants of the house would have come in and and brought the meal out and placed the food around and we have to understand that uh, here is the men who, who were sitting down at the table and if the table's there they would have been sitting something like this And so when we talk about John the Beloved, John the Beloved, the Bible talks about, used to love laying back on Jesus. And, and this, is not a, this is not a sexual thing. This is an intimacy thing, an appropriate intimate relationship with Jesus. Can you imagine you know, John the Beloved leaning back on Jesus right here, right? And just leaning, leaning back. I'd... I, I, I'd, you know, ask for volunteers, but, <laughs> right? And so here is, here is, here is Jesus, you know, may, maybe John was beside him, but certainly other disciples, because if you just invite Jesus, you have to invite the whole family. It's like an Italian get together, right? You can't just invite one, it's everyone, you know? And, and, so, and so here is this thing, right? The food is there and they would, with, with one hand, they would eat. And so here is Jesus laying down in the room. And this woman comes in. What was she doing there? And she stands at Jesus' feet. And she begins to weep. Tears running down her face. Now, what's the backstory to her in that moment, in that point? As she stands at Jesus' feet, her head would have needed to have been covered. As she comes into that lunch moment, did she encounter Jesus in the street? Was she waiting in the columns for her next client? And then she started to hear Jesus preaching and heard the word and that the word that was made flesh come to life in her life. And she heard, hears the words of Jesus and immediately her heart is convicted. Immediately she receives that, that aha moment, that light bulb moment of where she hears the words of Jesus and she goes, I am a wretched sinner full of shame. Who is this man that offers these words of life? And so she begins to change her ways and she begins to follow Jesus and hear more of his word and the hunger of who he is and the hunger of what she longs for and she recognises that her life was this but now her life is this. Last week we talked about you can't have the cross without repentance. You can't have life without turning away from the previous deeds of your life which led to death 
Here is this woman who was going one way, repented of her sins, heard the words of life, encountered Jesus perhaps in the street, was turned around and she starts to follow him and follow him and follow him. And yet, what is the tie to her past? People. People reminding her of what she used to be. Religion will always remind you of what you used to be. Whereas Jesus reminds you of who he has called you to be now. So here she is now in the room. And the Pharisee Simon says, yeah, we'll let her in. We'll see where this goes. Wouldn't mind catching Jesus out. See if he's real or not. And so Jesus is sitting down, lying down, ready to eat the meal. And here is this woman who stands at his feet. The Bible says clearly, she stands at her, his feet and begins to weep. Can you imagine her standing there with that alabaster box? That expensive perfume. Was it meant for her wedding night that was never going to happen because of her life choices? Was it meant for, had she gone out and, and, and saved up all the money that she had to buy this? We don't know. But the truth is, here she is at the feet of Jesus weeping. She begins to weep. And she breaks that alabaster box open. And as he's there, such tears running down her face that his feet would be washed. You've got to understand that, that his feet would have been really dusty. Wear some sandals and go walk out in the dirt for a day. And yet, so many tears running down her face. So many as, as, as the feet are washed and she, and she begins to, to, to break that alabaster box open and the f- perfume and, and, and she washes his feet and then she anoints his feet and she washes and kisses his feet. Friends, this is the encounter that we all long for. This is the life-changing encounter that at the feet of Jesus, our lives are changed. At the feet of Jesus, we encounter him. Why? Because remember, we remember what we've been saved from. Certain death. Certain separation. Friends, encounter with Jesus is a holy moment. It's a signpost moment. It's something that we ought to spend our whole life longing for. It ought to be something that we are prepared to sacrifice everything for. To encounter him. Because where else do we go to find life? Can you imagine... as she's there weeping over his feet, as she begins to wipe, and Jesus lets her. I don't know how comfortable I'd feel about that. Right? How comfortable would you feel if somebody weeped? You know, because with weep, with tears, comes something else. Right? And yet as she's weeping and weeping and weeping, why? Because she realises what she's been set free from. She realises who he is. She realises that there is nothing besides Jesus. Nothing in this life besides him. So as she's weeping over his feet and breaks that alabaster box open, She uncovers herself. Traditionally, 
her head would have been covered. And she uncovers herself and begins to wipe his feet with her hair. All the dirt, all the dust. I don't know whether Jesus might have had a mani-pedi beforehand. But she wipes. And then the Pharisee Simon says to himself, if he was really a prophet. See, religion blinds us to what's really going on. Religion blinds us to love the way and the power that God has laid in front of us. Because Jesus invites us into a place of relationship. And so Jesus reads, as this is happening, Jesus discerns Simon's heart and says, you didn't offer me anything. Do you know what Jesus was talking about? Jesus was talking about the customary things. It was the custom to wash a person's feet, a guest's feet, when they came in the house. It was customary to lay hands on and pray. It was customary. Why? Because on the doorposts, they would have had scripture. There was always a reminder in a, in, in, uh, in a uh, Hebrews uh, house of that pointed them towards the scripture and the word and, and the reminder of customary things. And yet this Simon the Pharisee didn't do any of it. What did Jesus say? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, who, who was he talking to at that moment? Simon. He talked to Simon. He's addressing him, the host of the house, the one who's responsible. Do you know we are responsible for our house? This house. We are responsible this might seem a hard word right now, but, but, but I want to say to you, you are responsible for this house, for this here, to invite Jesus in, to invite him in each and every single day to say, Jesus, come in to this house. Be my Lord and my Saviour today. So that I might that I might offer you offer you um, worship. That I might offer you who I am, Lord, and who you have called me to be. Hello. There I therefore I say to you, Simon, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. <laughs> This might be a big question, but do you love Jesus much? Because he's coming again. Might be in our lifetime, might be in the next. Might be in 10 generations from now. But one thing I know is for sure, we better be busy about doing his work. Do you love Jesus? How much? What are you prepared to do? As I'm asking you this, I'm asking myself this. Because friends, we're in this encounter together. We're in this moment together. And then after he turns from speaking to Simon in verse 48, he turns to the woman. Jesus is still on the ground. 
and he turns to her by this stage she would have been on her knees weeping and crying are forgiven your sins are forgiven your sins are forgiven your sins are forgiven wait a minute I thought sins were only forgiven when when Jesus died on the cross <laughs> Jesus had not yet died on the cross right <laughs> what did Jesus say he said he only saw and only said and only did what he saw the father doing saying and going and so here Jesus as a man but not just Jesus as a man but Jesus as God extends to this woman who has had a horrendous life choices who has had horrendous experiences who bore all the shame and and uncovered herself to let her hair out to wash his feet he turns to her at that moment and says your sins are forgiven here is this moment of salvation that Jesus at that moment with this act of worship with this act of loving Jesus because because she had heard his word we don't know when but she had heard his word she must have heard the message of Jesus she must have heard the the life-giving uh, words of life that 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 he must have spoken we, we don't know where she's come from we don't know what she's encountered but it's led to this moment of where the savior of the world the Bible says the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth turns to her and says woman daughter your sins are forgiven what a moment what a moment we celebrate that during communion don't we and we we, we say where Jesus extends to us and we say Lord Father forgive us of our sins we thank you for this moment we thank you Lord for what from what you have saved me from don't we and here in this moment Jesus turns to her and says, your sins are forgiven. Immediately she's received salvation and her life has been changed. She's been made whole. That shame of her past has lifted off. Why? Because she walked in and she stepped in. She made a choice. It was irrelevant to who else was in the room because she was encountering the one who mattered most and that was Jesus Christ what a moment what an encounter hello what an encounter see Jesus doesn't really care about what you've done in the past what he cares about is that you're honest with him and you leave that in your past that he might call you into a glorious future with him in this moment To have an encounter with the king is what we long for. After that, that alabaster perfume would have filled the whole house. I don't know if you've ever spilt perfume or spilt fragrance but it lasts for days and on the the carpet that would have been left 
that they would have been laying on. That perfume of the alabaster would have permeated that carpet. It would have filled the whole house. And you know what? It wouldn't have mattered whether you were the neighbour going, I wonder what's going on in there then. Or whether you were Simon the Pharisee, or whether you were a guest, or whether you were a servant, or whether you were somebody of notoriety sitting around that table. Your whole body would have absorbed the perfume of that alabaster. And for days and weeks and months on end, you would have been reminded of the signpost of somebody who encountered Jesus. And that somebody asks, what's that smell in the room? Well, you wouldn't believe it. You know that woman who was a prostitute? She did the weirdest thing. She came in, she washed Jesus' feet with her tears, dried his feet with her hair, anointed his feet with expensive perfume, all of it. I mean, you didn't need all of it all over his feet, but she just dumped the whole lot. It's all over my carpet now. And that's not the half of it. Then she dries her feet, his feet with her hair, and then he says, your sins are forgiven. And the neighbour goes, hmm, who was this guy? Well, he was Jesus of Nazareth. He was Jesus Christ. Friends, it's a signpost. When you worship, when you offer up that fragrant offering of whether it's song, whether it's prayer, whether it's on your knees before God, no matter what it is, when it's that place of, of worship, of humility, of bowing down before him. Jesus always, every single time, offers complete redemption, offers complete life. Every single time we come to him. Friends, that's why it's so joyous to come into church and sing songs unto the Lord and lift our hands unto the Lord. Why? Because it's this moment of encounter encountering the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords so that your life would be a signpost to others. I want to leave this moment hanging just a moment. Because I believe in the atmosphere of this room, there is an invitation for an encounter. An invitation for this moment of desperation before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that says, Jesus, above everything, I want you. That you are everything. Did, did, the, did that woman know that she would be offered forgiveness of her sins? No. Did she come with any outcome in mind? Was it just an elaborate sales pitch? No. She came genuinely before him, recognising and saying, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for the words of life. I'm reminded of the story of where Jesus turned to his disciples and said, are you going to leave me as well? And his disciples turned around and said, where would we go? Only you offer the words of life.
Let me ask you, where else would you go? It's Jesus. Everything leads to him. He is the one of whom we encounter. He is the one in which we get to lean back on. Rest in the knowledge of who he is and what he's done. So I'm asking you, commit your life to a lifetime of encounter with him. Commit your life into a daily walk so that those that have gone after you would go, mm -hmm. I can encounter Jesus because of what David did, because of what Kelly did, because of what Sarah did. I can encounter Jesus because, because, because they taught me how and they showed me how and they led me into this moment. I've encountered with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and my life will never be the same again. Come on, we've got husbands and brothers and friends and family that need this encounter, amen. So in this moment, I'm just inviting you, just posture, posture yourself before the Lord. You might just want to put your hands out or you might want to kneel. You might want to stand. You might want to come down the front. But right now, I want to say to you, commit yourself to a lifetime of encounter with him. not an encounter with a church leader. It's not an encounter that's false. It's an encounter that's life-changing, life-giving, life-altering. That surpasses our thinking. But steps us into a moment that we would never, ever, ever be the same. As you are in this moment right now, You have to understand one thing. Your worship changes. The level of how you love changes. Your posture before the Lord changes. And your posture before people changes. And the words of Jesus start to ring in your heart and your head that says, you want to be great? Well, be the least. You want to love? Be loved? Will you also love? So Jesus, right now, we step into this moment. This holy moment of encountering you. Holy Spirit, would you lead us? Teach us and show us how to encounter you more. Right now, if there's anybody here who 
who is restricted by actions in their past. As you turn to the Lord, seek his forgiveness. That forgiveness is not just offered, but it is sealed. And all of the junk of the past disappears. inviting you right now. I just sense that there's this invitation of the Holy Spirit to be that woman. That each and every single person would anoint Jesus' feet with their worship. Wash Jesus' feet with their tears. Because Jesus, you are worthy of it all. Lead us into this moment of encounter with you, Jesus. Let our lives be signposts for others to come. Lord, let us never be like the Pharisee. Jesus, we want you. You might want to just pray that prayer and just say, Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I want you. watching online and in that moment, in this moment right now you just pray that prayer, Jesus I want you Jesus we want you more and more each day because it's you that have set us free set us free of the past in this holy moment we are changed in this true encounter with you we are changed Lord Jesus soften our hearts where they've been hardened Lord set us free from the scar tissue on our hearts of where we've been hurt in the past or Expectations haven't been met. Jesus, we come before you with no agenda but to worship at your feet. Jesus, in this moment, let your presence never dissipate from our lives. In the busyness of every single day, Lord, tune us into your voice, your promptings, your peace, your glory. Lord, that every opportunity, every experience is a signpost to encounter more of you.
and more of your presence. Heavenly Father, we exalt you and we give you all the praise. And we give you all the glory. Have your way in our hearts. Teach us to worship. That always leads to encounter. In Jesus' name. Jesus, right now, deliver us from things that are unholy. Jesus, everywhere where the enemy has oppressed and we have allowed the enemy in. Jesus, right now, we rebuke it and do away with it. Every lie now. So Jesus, your truth prevails. Your word prevails. Your promises are yes and amen. Now, Father, we pray not only for ourselves, but we pray for those that are around us that do not yet know you. Lord, we ask that our lives be a signpost to you. Lord, we call for their salvation. Come out of your sin and come into salvation. Come out of ignorance and come into the light. Come out of darkness and come into complete freedom that Jesus offers. Lord, we pray for husbands, sons, daughters, neighbours. Lord, let revival begin today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And we all said, Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. 
Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.